Henny, somebody stuffed old rags and bundles of paper under their back door and poured petrol on it and dropped a match. You're kidding. I can't believe it. Did it burn much? It burnt the bottom of the door, the steps and part of the back wall and wrecked their hot water service and the phonies are stark, blazing, crazy, hopping mad and they are positive we did it. What? That's stupid. When are we supposed to have done it? Sunday evening, last night. That's crazy. We were... What were we doing? We were playing spotlight, Henny. We were in hot water. Oh, gosh. My heart sank through my shoes into the middle of the earth. Some kids came into the science room. We can't talk here, says Dev. Tell Danielle. I've got to go. But I couldn't tell Danielle because Mum had collected her from school to go to the dentist. Late Sunday afternoon, we had taken a plant around to Granny Pembroke's for Donna. She's an old friend who lives in Aberfeldy Street, which is about ten minutes away. We came home by the park, and there we met three of the brown boys, Wayne, Jason and Chris. Nobody trusts the brown boys. They're always in so much trouble. When they're playing footy, it's different. Everyone's cheering for them at footy because they take risks and play really hard and exciting. But you don't just turn off the wild side and suddenly be nice, polite, well-behaved boys. Not if you're a brown boy. They're wild, but they're okay. Mum and Dad have never actually said, you must not play with the brown boys. But I sort of understand they don't want us to have anything much to do with them. Some kids are scared of the brown boys. I feel sorry for them because teachers and adults pick on them all the time and sometimes it's not their fault. But it usually is. Chris Brown was looking for possums with a big new torch. It was a fantastic torch, so we played Spotlight. It was the perfect night for it, except if you were supposed to be somewhere else. That's what we were doing on Sunday night when we had promised to come straight home. After school, I had netball practice. I played badly. I kept dropping the ball. I was dreading going home. Thank goodness Danielle had to go to the dentist. That usually means a lot of waiting around, so I know Mum and Danielle would be late getting back. I knew Dad would be home late because he had gone to Sydney. As soon as I got in the door, Mum said in a strained voice, Henny, they want you and Danielle down at the police station for questioning about a fire at the phonies. She stood looking at me. What have you kids done? Mum, nothing bad, honestly, nothing. It was nearly dark. Driving there, someone flashed their headlights, brightened Mum's eyes because she hadn't put her lights on. We sat in the car, each lost in our own head full of worries. At the front counter of the police station, there were posters of criminals and awful photographs of people missing. From these old grey photos, you knew they were already dead. It was all cold and hard and very scary. Mrs Ockton? The policeman at the counter asked. He had a thick black belt with half a tonne of police gadgets on it, including a gun which you just can't help looking at. He picked up the phone and called someone. The two girls are here for you, Dave. Turning back to us? Won't be a moment. Detective Sergeant Dave Watson introduced himself. He was wearing a sharp grey suit instead of a police uniform. He looked at Danielle, me and Mum and wrote in a big book details of who we were, what time it was and what it was about. 
Follow me, he said, and led us down a corridor of shiny lino, past battered lockers, signs and notice boards, past desks in rooms, round bends. The only cheerful thing I saw was a footy fixture. We had to go in single file because the corridor was narrow. At last we were shown into a small blank room. There was a battered wooden desk and a few worn black office chairs. The ceiling was low and there wasn't a colour in the room. It was all grey. The only different thing was a strange...